I'm here with Dan Povenmire, co-creator of, of uh, Phineas and Ferb for Disney, and um, we were reminiscing of when we met, and it was like the 90s, and we, it's pretty much 1993. Yeah, on exactly. Rocco's on Modern Rocco. Life, right? Yeah. Like so, everyone else I met, yeah. pretty much in animation, was on Rocco. Yeah, everybody from that show went on to many, many different things. Oh, yeah, a yeah, lot of people, like... like uh, Steve Hollenberg went Steve on. Steve Hollenberg created you, Phineas uh, SpongeBob. Uh, you uh, and and, and um, Swampy created yeah, Phineas. Swampy. Uh, Robert Skull's doing big things over in. Uh, That's in, right. Yeah. New York. It's something. Doug Lawrence became Plankton and, and wrote. Mm-hmm. And he's the voice of Plankton. Wrote on on SpongeBob. And Tom Kenny became the voice Tom of. Tom Kenny uh, became the voice of SpongeBob. Carlos Ozaraki became uh-huh. the Taco Bell Chihuahua and yeah. did Reno Nine One One. It was you know it's like like everybody from that just sort of branched yeah. off and did did other things. Or, and they all ended up working on different shows all over the place. I run into people all the time. Yeah. Uh, from from that crew, that was a great crew. So how did you? I wanted to ask you before because I never. What, what did you do right before? Right before Rocco, right you before came from Rocco. Simpsons, right? I came from The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, b- before that, I had uh, done uh, the storyboard cleanup on the Ninja Turtles over at uh, what is now Fred Wolf Films, but at mm-hmm. the time was Murakami Wolf Swenson, and uh, and before that, I'd done caricatures on Olvera Street. Oh. Like downtown, I, I was yeah. literally d- downtown, drawing people's kids uh, and you know and uh, talking Spanish a lot. Wow! And, uh, uh, and it was it was a cool gig to have, <laughs> you know. Just like I just like roll out of bed and go down there and draw people all day long, and then and then. <laughs> Did you have to wear do my comic strip Mexican hat, the, the big hat? No, 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 no. no. But <laughs> uh, to be. you know, I, I, it was uh, there's uh, there was a booth there that uh, I think still exists. I haven't seen anybody working it the last couple times I've been there. But uh, there's like a booth right outside one of the of the stores that's specifically set up for for for, drawing? for yeah. caricatures and uh, uh, and it was just a it was it was a fun thing to do. And I was doing a comic strip at USC still, even though I hadn't been in school for years uh but i was doing a daily comic strip so i would i had a lot of downtime because i wasn't drawing mm. people there weren't constant people getting drawn i'd have you know oh, I'd yeah, draw yeah, somebody, yeah. and then you know maybe an hour later i'd draw another couple people you know and uh, so i would do my comic strip there i would mm-hmm. uh, be done at like six o'clock or so and i'd drive down to usc drop it off and go home so your income was from that at the time um, from for, my income was from the caricatures. Yes, the caricatures. I mean, I got paid yeah. for the comic strip, and uh, and I made a big chunk of change every semester. They had a big uh, uh, arts and crafts fair on campus, mm-hmm. and I would I always got a booth, and I would sell my uh, my books that I you know I oh. self published books, yeah. actually self bound books, huh. uh, and I would sell those books there, and you know I'd, I'd be there for. A week, I'd take time off from from mm-hmm. Old Street to go there for a week, and I'd make like five grand or something wow. in, in four days. Wow! Uh, selling the the, the books because the comic strip was really popular. Oh, yeah, the, you know it was the 
the Daily Trojan, which mm -hmm. I know sounds like a prophylactic dispenser, <laughs> but it's really, it's the it's the uh, the newspaper, the student-run newspaper uh -huh. at USC, and uh, and so I was doing that, and then I was and doing caricatures, and then I just answered an ad. Uh, a friend of mine's mom knew that I drew, and she lived up in Woodland Hills, and she said, hey, do you, do you, you draw, right? Here's an ad here for storyboard artists for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I went right. and answered that ad, and, uh, and I brought in a portfolio that I now recognize as being completely inappropriate of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for animation. Yeah. And I, uh, uh, but there was like one drawing that was super clean, you know, pen and ink, you know, cartoon thing. And the guy was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And uh, and I ended up convincing him by telling him, uh, he said, oh, I, oh th th this drunk, you might be able to do this. I just, I don't know. And I was like, huh. well, tell you what, I'm leaving on a plane right, you know, in the, in the next three hours to go uh, house sit for my parents in Arizona. I don't know anybody in Arizona. I'm just going to be house sitting and taking care of my little sister. Uh, why don't you just give it to me and I'll, I'll be able to spend all day, every yeah. day, just doing this. He's like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. That's Okay. Huh. So he gave me it because I, so like I sort of gave him the parameters of my next week and it sounded yeah. like I would be able to work on it until it was right. Yeah. And then I did that and turned it in and then they just kept me busy for a long time after that. Wow. And then I went and worked in-house there on uh, on... Ninja Turtles, but also Toxic Crusaders and James Bond Jr., which were other shows they were doing. <laughs> and I was doing storyboard cleanup and checking at the same time, and it was called conforming. You would look at the, at the, at the exposure sheets and make sure everything was working with the storyboard and make oh, sure the, the line so you wasn't being the crossed. Also? And you would cr check the sheets. So you had to too, know timing. So. How did you learn the timing? Well, I just understood timing because I'd done animation uh, before that, I actually, the first animation job I did was um, while I was at Olvera Street. I did a, a gig for Tommy Chong. Uh, remember Cheech and Chong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was Tommy's first uh, first movie without Cheech, and he wanted this Hippie Land amusement park dream sequence to be all animated, and like a friend of mine from college called and said. Hey, Dan, you do animation, right? And I was like, yeah, I've done animation. And she was like, I'm going to give your name to somebody. And like two phone calls later, I was talking to Tommy Chong. Huh. And, I, you know, I was like sitting at home on a Sunday. And you'd never done cereal. it. Yeah. I'd never done full animation in cells except for maybe one run cycle in school. Yeah. I didn't yeah, yeah, know yeah. what to charge. I charged <clears throat> yeah, of course. so little. Yeah. Uh, and I hired just friends of mine to, to come and paint cells and stuff. And I did like... Like a minute of animation, maybe more. I don't even remember now. But but uh, for the for this movie, and it ended up really good. But you know, in retrospect, I I should have charged him like ten times yeah, what yeah, I yeah. charged them. Well, there's no way like, to know. Yeah. But you know, I had no idea. This is quick. And uh, and I remember the I hadn't done the exposure sheets yet, but I'd shot. Um, super eight pencil tests of everything to see how the, the you know like like how mu how much I should mm -hmm. 
expose each, each frame for it. Should yeah. this be on ones or twos? Mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot it both ways, and I would see how it looked. And then it was, um, it was I don't know, eight o'clock at night, and I started doing the exposure sheets the day before I had to drop off everything at Nick Vasu's camera place yeah. on Burbank, uh, on uh, um, on Olive in Burbank, and uh, and I had a all I knew is I had a an appointment to talk to him, you know, to drop this stuff off. Yeah. To him at that time, you know, like 10 o'clock in the morning the next day. And I had to get these exposure sheets done because I'd finally gotten all the art and, and everything was painted and drying. And I sat down to do the exposure sheets and I went and talked to my old animation teacher just to find out, like, what all the columns mean. In yeah, the exposure yeah, course, sheets, yeah. You know, and, uh, and <laughs> what I needed to put where and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and he gave me a quick little crash course. I started doing sheets at like eight o'clock at night and I finished doing them at nine thirty five or something the next morning. It was like I worked all through the night. I had already been up for twenty four hours yeah. before that because I was trying to get the uh, the art done. So I'd been up basically for seventy two hours and I and I hope that I, I didn't have a chance to check them and make sure I'd done anything right and there were a lot of different levels on stuff and there was there was like running lights in one scene you uh-huh. know the, 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 it was a, an amusement park so there's stuff going on in the background of stuff and and uh and i and i put this uh all in a box and i took it and i dropped it off and i just hoped because i hadn't put anything in the budget for what if i make a big mistake and yeah. have to reshoot this that was the most expensive thing was the cameras <laughs> the camera stuff and uh and i dropped it all off and I got back in the car, and I was like, okay. And I was, I was, uh, I was going to go to my girlfriend's house, who lived near there, and crash at her place while she was at work. And uh, and so I started down the freeway. I was like, I just got to make it to to Moore Park. I just got to, you know, make it to to, to the Moore Park exit. It's pretty close here. It's pretty close here. Wait a minute. Why am I suddenly in in like Tarzana or something? <laughs> it was like I'd gone way past the exit because I had just started like I was so tired. I was just sort of driving and following the cars in front of me, and then I had to like get off the thing and turn around and go back. And I was like smacking myself in the face to keep myself awake so that I would get off. Uh, it was uh, you know I don't don't recommend. Ah. Doing seventy-two hours and then, and, you know, and then driving—it was not the smartest thing. So this world. was your technically your first animation. That job. was my while very you first were, animation job. While you were on Alvarado Street doing drawings. Yes, I was on Olivera Street, yeah. and uh, and I and I took a little bit of time off from that during the end part because it was just so labor intensive. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. You know, like I took like two weeks to finish that, and then I went right back to uh, drawing it all. So time. you mentioned. Um, you mentioned not UCI, uh, um, USC. USC. So you went. You came to California to study at USC. I How did it start? Uh, like when yeah. you were a kid, what did you want to do? I wanted to make movies. I wanted to be yeah. a film director. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to like from when I first saw Jaws. Yeah, Spielberg. I think oh, Jaws yeah. was the first movie yeah. where I felt like yeah. it, it was the first time that I was so interested in how it had come into being that I found out that there was a guy who was a director. There was, I found out there was a guy whose job it was to decide all mm-hmm. those angles and decide how long stuff was uh, there yeah. and, and tell people what to do in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. There was a guy whose job that was. So I wanted to do that job from mm-hmm. then on. And, uh, and when I was applying to schools, I applied to USC 
and uh, and I applied to CalArts, and those were the only two places I, I applied. But I applied to the live action film part of CalArts because there was a yeah. there's a live action film class uh, or major there, and the, and I sent a bunch of my artwork. You know, I, I sent you know some film samples, you know, like Super Eight, you know, stuff, and and uh, and a bunch of my artwork. So you, had, you were making little Super Eight films. Yeah, I was making a lot of Super Eight yeah. movies. I, I, I'd, I'd been doing pen and ink uh, limited edition prints and selling them at art shows and stuff mm-hmm. since I was like twelve. Mm-hmm. And so I made enough money to make to buy a Super Eight sound on sound projector oh, yeah. and camera and an editor and all this sort so of stuff. So you didn't so. only draw; you knew how to sell your stuff. Yeah, a lot of people draw yeah. and they keep it in, in drawers right. and no one no, ever no, sees no. it. No, my, my parents were really mm-hmm. supportive. Of me, you know, my mom kept stuff I drew when I was two yeah. years old, um, and uh, and now I see it and realize why, because I had a two year old and and she was yeah. way ahead of the curve but as not, an artist, yeah. but nothing like what mm-hmm. uh, what, what I was doing, um, and um, uh, but but I had uh, I I put in some artwork, some of my my pen and ink stuff, um, as uh, as. You know, to buff buffer up yeah, my portfolio, yeah, to show a how what a well-rounded artist, artist I was, and I uh, uh, and I sent that in, and I got a letter back from Cal Arts from the animation department, which I had not applied to, yeah. and they said, "Hey, some of the people in the in the film department showed us your artwork. They're not going to decide for another uh, month, and it's a very you know they don't have a lot of spaces there." But we will take you in the animation right now if you want to come to, to the yeah. animation school. And, you know, CalArts was the best animation school yeah. in the world, probably, yeah. still is, I imagine. And, and, I, and I thought about it and I was like, I don't want to go into animation. And I threw that letter away. Mm, <laughs> it's like, like, I would have applied to animation if I wanted to go into animation. Yeah. What are they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so I didn't go there, and I went to USC, but I still didn't even get, get into the film school at USC. I was at USC for two years. Uh, I was doing the comic strip there, but I felt like I had learned everything they were going to teach me in film classes. I took nothing but film classes. Uh, for the two years? Yeah, for the yeah. two years, it was just film classes. Uh, and still never got into I, I applied two more times to the film school. Still never got in. And then I dropped out. I, I, I was uh-huh. like, I'm paying too much for this. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm paying too much and I'm learning the same stuff I learned two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like they've taught me everything they're going to teach me. I'm just going to start working. And that's when I got the job oh, yeah. at Olvera Street. And then I ended up falling backwards into animation because yeah, this guy called yeah. me up and offered me this gig on... Uh, on uh, on uh, Far Out Man, which was the name of the movie, oh. and uh, and and so you know that just ended up being yeah. the the place. And you know the problem was when Cal Arts wanted me, it was not a time that was interesting in animation. It was really mm-hmm. nothing yeah. good happening. It was like the the Dark 80s, Cauldron yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. Where you know, you know, it was like Dark Cauldron. Well, there was and, nothing new on TV. Oliver just, and Company. Yeah. There wasn't anything mm-hmm. interesting on TV. It was like mm-hmm. Care Bears and Transformers mm-hmm. on TV. It, it was before The Simpsons. It was before Little Mermaid. It was before that new renaissance of, of animation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nickelodeon existed, but they didn't have cartoons. No, yet. they were rerunning uh, Warner Brothers stuff. Yeah, I yeah. and uh, and I uh, 
And so I just didn't feel like doing animation mm-hmm. at that time. And uh, and then by the time, you know, Ninja Turtles was happening, Simpsons was happening, uh, uh, Little Mermaid, uh, Aladdin, that kind of stuff yeah. was happening. And suddenly animation was something, oh, yeah. This is something cool. Yeah. Batman the Animated Series, you know. Yeah. There was a bunch of cool stuff happening once I fell into it. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, then I felt like, oh, this is exact. I'm still filmmaking, but yeah. I'm drawing at the same time. Yeah. And it was easier to get work because people can tell if you can draw or not. It's mm-hmm. hard to get work as a movie director. How do you even get that job? You know, it's, it's like, like, how do you prove that you can do yeah. that without having somebody already pay you millions yeah, of dollars? made a movie or something, yeah. Now you sort of can because you can use, you can use a digital camera yeah. and, you can, and you can make something and put it on the web or something mm-hmm. like that. You can make something that looks really professional without spending a million dollars. Yes, on a computer. You couldn't you, do yeah. that then. Yeah. So, uh, so I started working on, on Ninja Turtles and then when that sort of laid me off because the, they were at end of all their seasons. So what year was that? Like 90? It would have been... No, the, before. Late 80s? 91, 92, something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, and then I went to... It, it was the second season of Simpsons, whatever year that was. Was it on Highland or was it already... Was it Klasky or was it already... Uh, no, it, it was the first season they were at Film Roman. Okay, okay. They had just moved to Film yeah, Roman yeah. and they were looking for new people. And me and I think only one other person or maybe two other people tested in. Mm-hmm. The rest of them were people who come over from from class. I think me and Cindy Tang oh, yeah. and maybe maybe one or two other people. So already it was uh, a test. Took the test and uh, and got uh, got hired. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then suddenly I was doing I was working in this big studio on a show that I loved. Yeah. You know I already loved yeah, The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. I loved the first season. So that was a that was a really cool thing. And I. Uh, And, and I was dr- learning how to draw The Simpsons. And at the same time as that, the same same week as that, I had gotten um, uh, a, a call from somebody that a friend of mine was working with who wanted me to write a low-budget slasher movie. Oh, I did. That's right. Yeah. So I was <laughs> writing Psycho Cop 2, Psycho Cop uh-huh. Returns. At night, the whole first two weeks I was working at The Simpsons, I was going and figuring out how to do animation, learning about volume, you know, and all this sort of stuff, and soaking up as much information uh-huh. as I could uh, at the at the time. And then I'd come home, I'd have dinner, and then I'd type up this slasher movie script uh, till uh, till ten, eleven o'clock at night, yeah. and I'd go to sleep, and I'd wake up the next morning, and I'd so do the same thing. So how long did it take you to write it like that? Two like weeks, part time, two, in two, we- in in two, two weeks, weeks, just at night. Yeah, I write about. Yeah. Somewhere between five and ten pages a night. Yeah, and uh, and then I had this script and I gave it to him and and and, uh, and I was told by my friend he was like you know uh, the producer he he'll let you direct this if you want to direct it and I was like uh, he's, he's going to pay you like five grand <laughs> but but he would let you direct that's it. That's the thing. I was you like, could be a director. Yeah, I that's all I've wanted to do my whole life, yeah. but I would have to quit The Simpsons to do it. And The Simpsons was going to pay me much more than five grand over the next, you know, the rest of the season. Yeah. And I'd been so out of work, I'd gotten down to like uh-huh. my last two hundred dollars in the bank. I was just like, you know, I really enjoy going to work every day, and I feel like I'm getting the same creative. So that's the moment where you made process. that switch. You that was the moment from when your... I decided 
I think I'll let I, your I think childhood I'll let dream else and the real this. world. Yeah, yeah, and I'll huh. and I'll do do this, and uh, you know I, I've never really regretted that mm-hmm. thing. I think it's worked out pretty well for me in animation. But, and they didn't uh, call you back for Slasher three or four. No, no. no. Oh, I, <laughs> no. I didn't actually look for it. I don't think they made a third one. Psycho Cop no, two was, that. was a sequel to Psycho Cop one, which was. In itself, a ripoff of Alien, uh, of, of of Maniac Cop, which you know, it's like. It's, is that on YouTube? No, the, uh, movie, the whole movie's not. The clips and stuff, right? I don't know. Okay, if I, I'll find what I have. I'll put there it on. Maybe the, put I, it on I bet this, you that the the trailer, the trailer yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, but, but, you know, all I can say really about Psycho Cop Two is that I always tell people you have to watch Psycho Cop One first, not because there's unanswered questions or anything. But because next to Psycho Cop 1, Psycho Cop 2 is Citizen Kane. It's like Psycho Cop 1 is one of the like, most mind-numbingly bad movies I've ever seen. Like, Psycho Cop 2 had a real sense of humor yeah. to it. I'm actually, you know, as bad as that movie is, I'm proud of it for what it is. So you got to go on the set and yeah, see the I got director to go and on stuff? The set so, yeah, and, yeah, yeah the, it was directed by a friend of mine. It mm-hmm. was my, my friend who said I could direct it was, uh, ended up being the director oh, yeah. of it anyway. And uh, and, uh, and got who to was go that? Who was uh, Adam Rifkin? Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, although he did it under an assumed name, he did it oh. under Riff Coogan. <laughs> and uh, and Psycho Cop was played by um, the guy who ended up being Bob Vance from uh, from from The Office. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. He was he was always uh, he was the oh, one dating. Oh, I, uh, is it Doris? What, uh, what, what's uh, uh, the heavy set uh, woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Doris, her, yeah. her husband. Oh, yeah, in yeah. That Bob right. Vance yeah, yeah. is Billy Ray Schaefer, who, uh, who played uh, the psycho cop. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and one of the and we we put strippers in it because they wanted strippers in it. So uh, uh, one of the strippers was uh, Julie Strain, who was a Penthouse Pet of the Year at that time, and. Uh, and uh, married to Kevin Eastman, who created the Ninja Turtles. Oh. Eastman and Laird created the Ninja Turtles. So it all sort of like wraps back around and and uh, and becomes uh, like a snake eating its own uh. tail. <laughs> it's all somehow connected. So you stayed how long? So I, I, Swampy told me that's where you met guys. We met on the Simpsons, Simpsons right? Yes. And how long did you stay on the Simpsons? Um, I was only there in-house for one season, mm-hmm. for second season. I continued to do a lot of freelance for them while I was on Rocco yeah. for like three more years. I was probably still picking up freelance for them for five more years, but but I was doing a lot yeah. for those like storyboards, Storyboards? Uh, storyboards or... Uh, uh, character animation yeah. or, or character layout, oh, that's right, we're which is like the the, time, yeah. the the main poses of mm-hmm. character animation, and uh, um, that was a that was a really fun gig. I really liked uh, uh, liked The Simpsons, but mm. I didn't end up going back when the new season started. Because I was having so much fun on Rocco. Cause, cause so how did you get on Rocco? It was a hiatus of Simpsons? It was the hiatus ah. of Simpsons. So after uh, first as season soon as I bro- found out I was getting a hiatus, um, I mentioned it Swampy. said, yeah, no, they always do that. I'm, I'm getting work over on uh, Nickelodeon on a new show. You should come over and apply there. Ah. And so I came and applied, and he said, he, he, he said, you know, you did that comic strip. You should just bring the comic strip because they're looking for people who can write funny yeah. stuff and draw at ah. the same time. 
and that's a very small, mm-hmm. you know, it's a much smaller talent pool yeah. than uh, than people who can just draw or just write. Mm-hmm. People who can do both are very hard to find. And I went in and Roger Chasson, who had animated Jessica Rabbit right. on, on the him, yeah. the, uh, uh, <coughs> the Roger Rabbit movie, um, he uh, uh, he was the supervising director. And I just came in and I brought a book of my comic strip. And I said, he, he said, what do you got? And I was like, showed him this. And he, and he looked through it. He laughed at the first, <laughs> you know, two or three pages of it. And he was like, okay, you're hired. It was like, that was the easiest job interview I'd ever been, been on. It was like, it was literally like, what do you got? Look, uh, okay, you're yeah. on. When can you start? <laughs> it was like literally like that. Because I think they needed people who, yeah. you know, I think they found out how hard it was to find people who could do both. And it also had... Started already or something. Yeah. When you start, so they just did you. Yeah, exactly. They, 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 they were like, quickly. go, yeah. go. And uh, and so, like, the next week or something like that, I started mm-hmm. uh, there and I was originally paired with, uh, uh, it was just storyboard teams, mm-hmm. you, you remember it. And, yeah, yeah. and I was paired originally with Doug Lawrence. Ah. Uh, the, 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 the first batch that came mm-hmm. out, it was me and Doug Lawrence for like two, two episodes. And then. They did some shake up there. Yeah, I guess there were people that weren't working out. Yeah, and so they let some people go, and they contracted the thing because I used to be. Uh, 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 they had some people bouncing back and forth or something, and so they they contracted it all together and put me with Swampy, and uh, and uh, Doug got Robert Skull, and uh, Swampy and I made. Uh, the Rocco, the Wallaby, the West, whatever that was. Called. Oh yeah, that's right. The yeah, good, yeah, the bad, yeah, the Wallaby, yeah, yeah. and we wrote a song for it. Uh-huh. We did this big chase scene. Uh-huh. We had it's like I, I still think that's one of the funnier things I've done on TV. Uh-huh. Is like the end of that episode really is just a fun sort of Ichabod Crane type of t- type of chase scene, and then a big song song number. And we and we felt like oh man, this is fun. We had such a good time writing together. That that's why we made Phineas and Ferb. Oh yeah, was was like to yeah. you know in order to continue writing together, mm-hmm. and then we pitched it to Nickelodeon at that time, like 1993, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they uh, um, they said no, and then this one company called Matinee optioned it for a couple years, but never ended up doing anything with it, and. And uh, and then we pitched it. Or Swampy moved to England, yeah. and I pitched it to Fox Kids, and they had really good response. But then they and and then they were like, "Okay, we we don't have room on our slate this time, but we want to hold on to this because we want to do this for next season." And then they got bought out by Turner or something like that, and it, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, and then all of those projects dissolved and. Uh, uh, and then I pitched it again to Nickelodeon years later and got fur- further up the e- echelon. Yeah. It was like 13 years of trying to sell it yeah. before before it got sold. But I was working during all that time. Yeah, so you, that wasn't like the main thing. No. It was always in the back of your mind. But it, it was, was always in the back main, of yeah. my mind. And I wasn't good at getting out and, and mm-hmm. trying to sell it. I wasn't good at um, setting up meetings and stuff like that, I, you know. I didn't have an agent. Mm-hmm. So it was really literally just when people would say, hey, 
do you have anything of your your own oh, yeah. to pitch? And I'd say, well, yes, I do. Yeah. And I'd dust it off and I'd, mm-hmm. I'd bring it in. I'd usually bring in a couple of different things, but that was always my favorite. And it was always the one that got the best reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got close a bunch of times. Even Disney said no to it when I pitched it to them the first time because they were looking for a girl's property with something with female leads. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want... You know, they, there was some edict on high of, like, yeah. no more shows with boys in the lead to, for right now. And then when they changed that and said, we want a show with a boy in the lead, then they called and said, hey, you remember that show we pitched you? So or you, kept, you, you pitched they us? They that. Yeah. It's not um, like you pitch and it's We want to option it. And they optioned it and, and, and you know, yeah. then it happened. But it was like 13 years of... Uh, after of, coming up with on yeah, Rocco, yeah. exactly. So after Rocco, I, you went on Hey Arnold. I went on to Hey Arnold. Right? Rocco was slowing down and bored people were the first yeah. ones to leave with the riders we and stuff. Hey Arnold, uh, up until um, second or third season, I was... Uh, the, the, we were on Hey Arnold, and Hey Arnold moved with all of Nickelodeon when they built the new building. Yeah. The one with the slime fountain yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that, all that. And uh, uh, and then I then I went on to Cat Dog, right? So you didn't do anything on Beavers. I did one board on Beavers, okay. Um, which I think I saw it. They used almost none of. Mm-hmm. They're like probably like three drawings of mine. For yeah, like that's every board was like that. On yeah. yeah. Um, so there were. Uh, And then I was on, on uh, Cat Dog. So how did you get on Cat Dog? Because you were not. It was not a direct thing from from Hey Arnold to Cat Dog. I think it was. Was it? Yeah. I think it was because I wanted to be on something funnier. As, as much as I think that Hey Arnold was a great show and mm-hmm. a great kids show, I think it was one of the you know, yeah, one of the better kids shows during that time. It was not one of the funnier kids shows, and I wanted to get, be on something where I could. Plus, you could write a lot the of humor. Beginning, Cat Dog was set up to be an unscripted show. Yeah, and and mm. we did a lot of it. That was uh, that way. Um, I had a great time on Cat Dog, but it was a, it was a weird. Um, the the production process was really sort of messed up mm-hmm. because. I would deliver a board that was one of the better boards that I had delivered, and, and it was really funny. And then they would hand it to timing directors who were working freelance. So they're just doing it as fast as they can and getting it out. And nobody's looking at the jokes and seeing how to make them work. And so many, occasionally somebody good, like maybe George Shaltus would mm-hmm. get it, and then suddenly that episode would actually be mm-hmm. funny. Uh, but but a lot of times it would be just some freelancer who got it, and I'd watch the stuff on on screen, and I wasn't even allowed to talk to the designers or the color people or anything like you know like that. That wasn't my job. Just draw the next the, mm-hmm. the, the, the next thing. And sometimes gags would just be killed because they didn't pay attention to the color note I'd written there. Uh-huh. Like this only works if you do this all in monotone. Yeah. Uh, so that so that these characters all mesh together, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it was it, it was a very frustrating mm-hmm. thing to watch the show come out and be so completely unfunny mm-hmm. sometimes. No matter how funny you do, you put yeah. it, and then like one out of every five or so would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. See, this could be a really funny, yeah. uh, uh, funny show. It was. Uh, uh, I had to just divorce myself from the. End product 
mm-hmm. and say that my job is to make these storyboards. Yeah. And I'm going to make the best storyboard I can but then and it's not worry hands. about yeah. what happens after. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, so you said you did how long on Cat Dog? I think I was or? there two years. Yeah, but the, the so first quarter was 50-something. Like yeah, 44 no, shows no, it was, or something. It was like 65 yeah, yeah. right off the mm-hmm. bat, mm-hmm. which was crazy. Um, um, I was there for... for uh, th- through that whole first order... And then at the end of that order, um, uh, one of the, the, the producers or some, somebody called me in and said they were, you know, I'd been at Nickelodeon at that point for like, yeah. you know, maybe seven and a mm-hmm. half years yeah. or something. Yeah, I'd yeah. worked on a, on a bunch of different shows during that, during that time. Usually if there was a downtime on one, mm-hmm. I would yeah. go work on Beavers. Me or too. They would always this. put I'd, me I'd from on, one to another. On yeah. this. And I had tried to get onto SpongeBob when it, when mm-hmm. it started because I wanted to be on that show. Yeah. That, that to me was the show that I thought was going to be really a big show. Nickelodeon didn't think Funny. it was going to yeah, be a yeah. big show, but I knew it was going to be a big show. And I and I was like, but they had taken so many people from the 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 had, had come on to Cat Dog with a promise mm-hmm. of going to SpongeBob if it went. Uh, Eric Weiss, uh, you know, there, there, there were people who had been guaranteed that and I hadn't been guaranteed mm-hmm. that. And I and Steve called and said, Look, they're not gonna let me take you off of SpongeBob. Of Cat Dog. Uh, uh, yeah, off yeah, of yeah. Cat Dog to come to SpongeBob yeah. because it's just like politically it's a not mm-hmm. it's a nightmare. If, however, you were to quit, I could pick you up tomorrow, but I can't take you while you're working. On on uh, Cat Dog, and I was like, I don't want to play that game. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, when I eventually left Cat Dog, they called like the next mm-hmm. day and said, "Do you want to come to?" to, to but uh, but the reason I left Cat Dog is they were going to lay me off, and I hadn't been laid off from from Nickelodeon in seven yeah. and a half years. And and I was like, "There's not another show you can put me on," you know. And they're yeah. like, "No, I'm sorry, there's there's nothing." It's like, I said, "Well." If you're going to lay me off for four months, which is what they were talking about, I'm going to have to go get more work. And uh, and the and the I forget who it was that said this. Probably good. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, she said, uh, um, "Well, you can try, but the industry is contracting. I don't, uh, you know, it, it, I, I don't know. There's not a lot of work out there. You know, it's sort of like confident that I would still yeah. be available in four months." And I was like, "Oh, really?" And I hadn't even thought of it that way. Yeah. And I like went back to my office, and I was I was feeling sort of depressed about the fact. I was like, "Oh man, it must be really rough out there." I didn't. I, am I going to have to not work for uh-huh. four months? What am I going to do? You know, like I better stop stop eating out right now. You know. <laughs> and I got back to my office, and I sat down on my desk, and literally, like comically. The second I sat down, my phone rang. I picked up the phone. It was Dan Francis from over at Family Guy and wanted me to come over and talk about directing over at, oh. at Family Guy. And I said, I'll come over tomorrow morning if you if you want to. He's like, So sure. someone you knew from Simpson? No, he just knew my name from some somebody said, oh, you should talk to Dan Povenmire. He'll do, do a good job here. And I came over. I saw what they were doing. I said, okay, yeah, let's, let's do this. He offered me $1,000 more a week. <laughs> To come and direct right, on, it's, on it's a primetime time, yeah. show, and I went and I went back to uh, to uh, Nickelodeon that next yeah. morning and said, "Okay, well, I'm not going to be coming back because yeah. I'm going to be working at uh, at Family Guy for the rest of the season." 
and uh, and uh, and they were like, and they had the, the the gall to be shocked by that and yeah. get upset at that when I had just told them that I would be going and trying <laughs> to find work elsewhere, and uh, and so I went to Family Guy, and as soon as I left, I got the call from Steve, uh, Helen Burke, hey, okay, yeah. Do you want to come and work on Family uh, on SpongeBob, uh, SpongeBob now? now? Yeah. And I was like, No, now I'm going to, to Family yeah. Guy, and they're paying me this much. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh, I don't think I can match that. And uh, and then when Family Guy got canceled the first time, Family Guy got canceled twice while I was on it. When it got canceled the first time, I went back to to SpongeBob and oh, I yeah. did a, did a couple uh, episodes. And then uh, the second time I went, I went went back too. So. So, so I, I got you to had do, to write. Yeah. You had to write and, and Yeah, record. so I yeah. got to do like four episodes of SpongeBob yeah, yeah. during during the downtime. Oh good, yeah. So uh, so it was fun. That's it for the first part of the Dan Power and Meyer interview. Uh, the second part is coming up very soon. In the second part, Dan will We'll talk mostly about Phineas and Ferb uh, and his life after Phineas. Um, head over also to the main site, cartoonlunch.com, where you can download the podcast and the other episodes. But also you can watch little uh, video clips I shot during the interview with Dan and the other guests, as well as pictures of the guests. Thank you for listening, and see you next time. <laughs>